1: everybody mark and steve on the pbse podcast this is episode 203 and it's actually leading into the time of the year that can be amazing and wonderful and awesome and fabulous and it can also be the polar opposite of that and (laughs) it's it's a bipolar time of year because you can go from awesome to outright you know awesome to horrific (laughs) maybe all in the same day i don't know
0: (laughs) yeah pretty quick
1: But it's the the day of holidays, uh, you know, the time of the year of holidays, of vacations, of time off, of, for some people, extra business trips rather than less uh, because of different stuff that happens with the holidays. Uh, Oftentimes, we'll travel more than we typically would in, in a confined period of time. And so it's all about this concept of how can an addict and a partner stay safe during holiday trips and vacations? And we actually had a PBSE listener write in to us about this, and she remembered uh, way back a ways, um, Steve, we had done something in either Dare to Connect or PBSE, where we – I think it was Dare to Connect, actually, where you had talked about a convention that you had – you were traveling to. I think it was Las Vegas, a big convention. Wasn't it a Star Trek convention? I think it was a – <laughs> she was like, why did you say that? <laughs> yes, trek- it, it was, yes. I'm a Trekkie, too. <laughs> I I would have actually loved it. Just didn't work out for me. But 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 of all things, uh, uh, traveling to a convention by yourself solo to Las Vegas, mm. and we don't even need to talk about what kinds of triggers that brings up for addicts and not just addicts, but also very much for their partners. Yeah, for sure. let me get this straight: my addict in, in recovery from porn and sex addiction is going to a convention in Vegas by himself. Are you insane? Yeah. Right. So that's what kind of brought up that whole. <laughs> Focus and dare to connect. And you had gone through a really awesome uh, review of the process that you go through and have gone through for many, many years, for you to stay safe during during travel like that. But also for uh, Brittany, your partner, to be safe at home while you're traveling. And Mm -hmm. then, and then the scenario where we travel as couples, because that brings its its own whole set of challenges when we're traveling together. So right. true. I had talked about, you know, my wife and I traveling to the, to the, to the beach, to the West coast where I grew up and her going, okay, my, my, my porn sex addict partner in, in long-term successful recovery, we're going to the beach mm. Oh joy. Mm. I wonder what That's going to be like, or so sure with that intro, you know, let's, let's launch into this whole thing about holiday travel, not just holiday travel, but vacation travel and what it brings up for all of us, both guys in recovery and partners in healing, what uh, wh- what are the what's this landmine, potential landmine that we're running into during <laughs> this time of year? Because it it just very much is. So let's talk about why it can be so extremely triggering and potentially difficult. Like, what are the reasons for that? Yeah,
0: no, it's a great point, man. I mean, I, I, I mean, I look back on on holidays and trips. And, you know, sometimes those line up with each other and gosh, it just, it is rough. And my, 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 uh, you know, when I look back on trips for me, if I just kind of speak to my own experience, I, you know, the first thing that comes to mind for me that messes with my head as an addict in recovery is the definite being thrown out of my element and kind of the lack of structure Mm -hmm. that accompanies that. Yep. You know, I'm, I tend to be a creature of habit you and I, when we get on here, we podcast at a certain time. We run our Dare to Connect sessions at the same time on Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. You know, we we work for a certain amount of hours together. I see my clients on certain days of the week, right? I, I like structure. <laughs> I yeah. do well with that. And when I go out of town, even when it is for business and this this convention you mentioned wasn't, but there have been many, especially in early recovery, much of my traveling solo, in fact, all of it solo at the beginning was for work and so even on work trips you know even though there is a a structure to it right you're attending various meetings or doing different things it's not your structure yeah when i'm out there you know i i'm i'm on somebody else's structure which is good right but i'm completely out of my own element in in terms of my own feelings right my emotional state what i want to be doing Right, how my recovery routine typically that just happens organically during the day, where do I fit that in now, right? It's just a whole mix up of all of those things. And so for me, I would say just the lead out would be that, and admittedly, I guess I'll mention one other part for me because this is just Steve owning this stuff right now, but there for most of the guys I work with and i've 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 uh, observed this for me, I call it the let your hair down mentality. Mm. Um, is a big thing. I and maybe this is just cultural for some of us. Maybe this is an everyone kind of a thing that when you go out of town, there's kind of a, a magic
1: to it. You know,
0: I'm, I'm out of I'm out of
1: town. <laughs> right yeah and that
0: means certain things you it's know like a
1: whole new set of rules apply you know in <laughs> fact as you, as you say structure i know there's a lot of people listening would, that would be saying well wait a second i thought vacation and travel was to actually let go of your structure be spontaneous relax mm-hmm. renew revitalize now you're telling me I, I gotta have structure on trips and vacations isn't that the polar opposite of what they're for
0: mm, yeah and 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 that's a and it's a valid concern and i'll tell you i mean when i When I was in early recovery before I, and when I was really resisting what we're going to talk about today, (laughs) because I used to not do this, Uh I just wanted more than anything, like many addicts out there, I wanted to enjoy my holiday or my trip or whatever it was. In other words, I wanted to be what? I wanted to be normal. Mm, I wanted to go on a vacation like a normal person. I wanted to go to a business conference, right? Just like anyone else does. I wanted to, you know, be able to do those things and that desire definitely fed into the resistance for me on the addiction side in terms of, you know, not wanting to spoil the mood or the trip with all that pesky recovery stuff and Mm -hmm. having to think about that. I was an addict, right? I wanted to be, I wanted to be away from all of that. And so that definitely played a, a huge role in, in definitely avoidance of taking certain steps and, and certain actions to be able to create an environment that would be successful for a recovery plan.
1: And we talk in terms of all that you just said for the addict. How about for the partners in healing? How many mm. partners have you and I worked with who said, we can't even go on a vacation without my, without my addict partner having to have a plan. Really? Yeah. We can't just go and enjoy ourselves. There's always got to be a plan. We've always mm. got to be, you know, on guard, vigilant. When are we going to get to be normal people and go on a trip? We don't have to worry about any of those things. That's Some partners have a hard time with that also.
0: It's a great point. You know, yeah. it really is. And, and maybe this most recent trip that I took, you know, I just hit nine years of sobriety about a month ago, month ago-ish, month ago-ish. And um, I, what I can tell you is that what I do for vacations now, you know, nine years into sobriety, is definitely not as extensive as some of what I'm going to share today. Right. For people point. who may be earlier in this process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I share that to give maybe some hope to those partners listening and to the addicts as well. Is that even though we're going to talk about some pretty strict measures and some concepts and ideas that I found to be incredibly, not just helpful, but really necessary for me personally in this process. And I've seen it work with lots of my clients, but it also comes with the understanding that it won't always be this way. And that as you get more adept at this process, you will always need a plan. But again, plan today Versus back then is very, very different, right? And we'll kind of talk about that.
1: Well, and, I'll, and I want to point out something really important. <clears throat> I'll actually tell you that vacations and trips and holidays and all that stuff for me were incredibly stressful. Right? Let's, let's think about it for a minute. <clears throat> Look at regular life is hard enough. Now bring uh, trips and vacations and holidays into the mix with all the a- extra added stress yeah. of the culture a family that you may not get along so well with <laughs> uh, just the, the stress of travel itself, being in airports, being on freeways, you know, all this stuff, different kinds of environments, right? It's just a, it's this kind of a piling on of potential stress when, when all of this comes around. There's also the side for me was I had a whole history and so did my, so did my spouse about Mark's travel in the past. And now here comes comes that whole memory bank of the history of it heaping on. And quite frankly, there were times where I did not want to travel for work because I knew it was going to be a disaster with regard to addiction and acting out and all the rest of it. And and my partner was also incredibly stressed and anxious about it as well. So that all was piled in as, as part of this. Then there's going, like you said, going into environments that I wasn't used to. And part of my addict brain is right drawn to what's the next shiny thing what's what's this environment going to look like oh there's not going to be anybody from my local community that could see me doing certain things ooh yeah. right kind of this like you said let your hair down you know here's what that as i got into early recovery i kind of became a hermit in some ways i didn't want to travel i didn't want to go into those environments i didn't want to do any of this stuff because of the disasters they had been I will tell you that having a very structured, precise, specific plan carefully laid out and shared with my partner actually brought me a sense of freedom and took a big load off of my shoulders that actually allowed me to travel and be on vacations uh, in a way that in my early recovery, I couldn't. So I needed that planning in order to experience a sense of liberation. Because the plan and the and the and the implementing of it took a lot of stress off of me and off of my wife. Plans were essential to actually enjoy the trip or vacation.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, and you make a great point, right? At at first there is that resistance, I think, for addicts and for for partners as well, around this idea of, oh, geez, like you said, right? Oh, we gotta do this crap, you know. Um, because and it can be triggering all on its own for partners, and we're sensitive to that, you know. Oh, geez, we have to have a plan. Why do we have to plan? Because he struggles with addiction. Why does he? What does that mean? Well, that means I'm in pain, you know. What I mean, it's it can be it can mm-hmm. be definitely a reminder of all those things. Yep. But I have found the same thing to be true as you, Mark. That when once we started to get good at the planning stage, and I will say this for many partners, I think you'll agree with this. Once I started to be really proactive in taking ownership of those plans. So that my wife was not hounding me about them. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was where things got, I think, much easier on that front for my wife, because I think a big reason why that was so triggering for her was because she, when we were gone, you know, when I was gone, it would kind of be, she would feel that pressure of like, well, I got to keep asking how he's doing or
1: checking on him or whatever, because yes.
0: if I don't, then he's not going to yep. you know, be open with me.
1: Yeah, well, how come is he he hasn't called me this afternoon? Oh my gosh, what's happening? Right. I haven't heard from him in two hours.
0: Absolutely. So I've got to be the bad guy, right? And reach out to him and tick him off and all those all those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So so that definitely helped things a lot. So yeah, so I I think that, you know, as we kind of look at this, I mean, there are definitely a lot of factors to keep in mind. And and the last thing probably we ought to mention is before we get into the problem solving side of this and what this has actually looked like, is that holidays, right? Which we're coming into here in 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 uh here in uh I guess you could states. say the states, right? States, yeah. Yeah, the states. Sorry, I'm looking for the right <laughs> word. You're like, what here where, Steve? Um, here in the States, we we talk to people all over the place, usually in D to C, so I, I forget. But um here in the States, it's Thanksgiving this week, this coming week, which is by most regarded as probably the second biggest holiday of the year, and by some probably the biggest. Um, a lot of family tradition around that, a lot of economic tradition with black friday and shopping and all sorts of things kind of tied to it Mm -hmm. Um, pretty much everybody gets that holiday off or at least the vast majority of people do Um, and when you talk about holidays like thanksgiving or any other that is valuable to you holidays themselves are made up when you think about it of a whole series of positive and negative triggers holidays themselves in many ways actually are designed to be that way Right. Because when we think about, like, for example, I think a holiday like Thanksgiving, what's the purpose of Thanksgiving? We're reflecting on what? What are we grateful for? Right? Family, friends, blessings, good things in our life, right? Forefathers, history. I mean, all these things come to mind for different people for different things. And those all cause us to what? Reflect back on the past. Even the little traditions that we do at Christmas time, my family growing up, just an example is. Um, If my mom's listening to this, she'll get a chuckle out of this. My grandmother, who recently just passed away, I still remember it as vivid today as back when we were kids. She would, for days or weeks in advance of the Christmas holiday when we'd all get together, she had a little mold for little teeny ice or ice cubes that were shaped like Christmas trees. And she would fill that with green water. And so she'd (laughs) make little green Christmas tree ice cubes for everyone. And this family is humongous you know, for everyone to have all night long um, during the holidays, right? And every year, no matter what else happened, who was fighting, what could I always count on? Green yeah. Christmas trees yeah. in my glass, right? Yeah. So those little things, right, they they add up and they cause us to reflect in positive ways. But the downside is if you're carrying a lot of trauma, right, from recent memories, recent years, recent past events, for those who are struggling in recovery, holidays can be really really hard because every everyone else is experiencing maybe more of the, the positive trigger side where many of us are feeling the opposite right all of yeah. those negative triggers oh it's another for an addict how'd that look for you and me mark i remember you and me we've talked about this well there's another year where i still haven't beat this thing exactly. i sat at this table a year ago today and promised mm-hmm. myself i was going to be done with this
1: yep nothing and here i am not done Yep. Or, or, or what happens with partners, for example, after discovery day has happened. And now that partner says, wait a minute, you mean all those holidays and vacations and traditions we had, you were acting out that whole time and keeping it a secret. So none of my holidays were what I thought they were. Yeah. So now this current holiday is a gigantic trigger as it reminds me of all of those. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So many triggers during holidays and vacations. You make a great
0: point, man. No, I appreciate you mentioning the spouse side too, because it's so true. So yeah, all this can, gosh, now everybody needs to go watch an episode of Care Bears or something. We're like, oh, geez, <laughs> yeah. this is going to make the holidays great. I am so stoked. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> so we want to shift now into, and we're going to kind of do this. We decided to do this in kind of a Q&A format because the request came in. I have talked about this in Dare to Connect many times, and I think I've talked about it indirectly in other podcast episodes, though not specifically. But the request came in to kind of walk people through what that really getting serious about staying safe on trips or at the holidays has looked like for me, because I do have some pretty poignant examples. So yeah, the goal with that is we want to leave you guys with a sense of hope at the end of the podcast today to be able to have you know a, something to reflect on as you guys come together and make plans as a couple, as you navigate this process, so that these holidays can be a little bit better for you than they might have been otherwise. So yeah. this will be very much a take what you need, leave the rest discussion. And I think Mark's going to kind of interrogate me. It's sort of the plan here. Yeah,
1: I mean, let's, let's start with, let's say Steve, that you're, that you're going to go on a solo trip, like your convention yeah. kind of situation. Uh, so what is a, what is a, what is a plan for being safe and successful? No, not only for you, but for your partner, what does that look like for Steve solo?
0: A great question. So early on in this process, I'll I'll just give you what I would do. You know, if I was in anywhere in in immediate to moderate recovery, I think that it all starts with the mentality. And for me, uh, I we we kind of have a mantra we work with in D to C, and it's it's definitely mine as well. For me, it's a sobriety at any cost um, mantra. And I go into trips uh, with that clear objective in mind that if I'm not sober if I'm not free of, my, of the symptoms of my disease, nothing else works, right? Mm. Right, And so it stems from that recognition of what we talk about here on, here on the podcast all the time, that sobriety is the gateway through which everything else good flows. Right. Uh, it's what allows me to be emotionally and mentally present, right? I mean, the list just goes on with those things, but I that's what I need that. And so I structure my trips right from the get-go as that being the priority and everything else being expendable. Anything else that happens on this trip is expendable. Um, it doesn't matter what it, what it is. Um, because if I don't come home sober, then this trip is not successful for me.
1: Yep. So,
0: so for me, that has looked like a number of things over the years. Um, so when I, and, and let's just start with setting the stage for, I guess, a successful trip. So um, the first time I ever took a business trip solo, You got to understand business trips for me are probably even more triggering than maybe the typical business trip for the typical guy. Because for Mark and I, you know, when we go out of town for business, it's usually to some sort of a training or conference. And at the conferences for me, because I'm a certified sex addiction therapist, I do a lot of those trainings as a way to keep my certification up or or CSAT for those of you who have heard that term. And so I would attend a, a training at least once or twice a year that essentially was eight hours a day, five days for the whole week talking about everything sexual that you could possibly think up under the sun, ranging from review of, of ways of, of, of uh, treating sex addiction all the way up to the newest, greatest, most exciting ways in which sex addiction is manifesting itself, right? With different things, robots and all sorts of crazy stuff now, virtual AI and things like that. And so these trips were a death sentence because I'd go, I'd mm-hmm. talk about sex for eight hours, have my mind run wild, and then at the end of it, be sent back to a hotel room with nothing but cable TV and my own aloneness. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It, was, it was brutal. Royal. And so, yeah. So when I got it, my very first trip, this is my example of, of kind of taking it to that level. I, I called the hotel in advance and I, at the time I was too scared to own the fact that I was a sex addict, but I said I was, I lied. I fibbed. I said, I was traveling with somebody who could not have access to the TV because for me, that was a total deal breaker. And, you know, I'm on the customer service line and it's being recorded to get that little message. And I, and the lady is very kind to me and she says, you know, I just, I'm sorry. I don't think we can accommodate that, you know, because they have that, you know, those TVs are like welded to the dresser or whatever Uh it is they do. And I had already prepared for that because I decided this trip was going to be different. I was going to the, for the first time, be sober during a business trip. So I was already ready with a response. And I was very calm and I said, okay, I appreciate that. I just need to let you know what my boundary is. You know that this is a conference I have to attend and it's in your hotel. And I am sincerely okay with this. I know you're recording this, so it's okay. You can totally do this. If that TV's in the room, I'm going to rip it out of the wall or the cables probably out of the wall. I'm going to rip them out of the back of the TV and then I'm going to bring them up to the front desk. And if I cause any damage to the TV or to the wall, you can just bill me for it. Mm. That's what I told the lady. And then an awkward <laughs> silence followed. And then she said, uh, okay. <laughs> and I said, I'm really fine with it. You can just bill me. I'm just letting you know up front that I can't, I just, it's not negotiable. I can't have a TV in the room. Well, I showed up at the conference and there was one of those little notes from the management. Dear Stephen Moore, we have decided to, um, our engineering team has decided to accommodate your request. <laughs> <laughs> and they uh, and the TV was gone. They'd magically unwelded it from the dresser. And so I was able to have a, a successful trip. Now that was important for me for two reasons. One, it was me taking physical action to demonstrate to both myself as well as my partner that I was serious about this process. Yes, I was going to do this different. This wasn't going to be a "Oh, if sobriety happens, I'll get around to it. Oh, if it's convenient, then I'll call and reach out. No, it was, we are going to take the steps to set the stage for success. So that was the first thing that I did. Um, So that's, so I would say that that's the most important part is that you, if you're going to be really serious about this process, traveling is crazy triggering for all the reasons we talked about. And those who have traveled as in in, struggling in addiction or as a partner know how rough it can be. And so having that kind of commitment is what I have found is necessary to be able to make this happen. So that that's where I would say starts.
1: So let's go down a let's go down a quick checklist of the various things that you've used and, and helped Cut. others use that you might you might implement. You just named one, sure. you know, TV Yeah. Name.
0: What else? So next down the list, uh, I'll just walk you through that sp- trip specifically because I remember it vividly. I had a daily renewal partner. I still have him as a daily renewal partner. For those who don't know, that's somebody you kind of tag team with in your recovery, usually on a daily basis to kind of affirm your sobriety, talk about any issues. They kind of function like a, like a 12-step sponsor, but you don't do any step work with them. they're just kind of an accountability partner. I called him in advance before the trip, and I said, "Here's the deal. I'm going to be traveling for the next week. If I, I, I need to call somebody, can I call you three times a day?" <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm going to call you, because I would call him usually every day, but I decided to work, a, I call it an upgraded recovery program, so I, I made the commitment I was going to call him with every single meal. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm. He was going to get a call from me that just said it was going to be brief. Hey, this is where I'm at, or, and I'm struggling, or I'm not, or whatever. And I did. So I set that up a call three times a day. I talked to my wife and I asked her and I collaborated with, with her and I asked her how much she would like me to check in with her. And I decided under her direction that it would be safest for her if I was to shoot her a text or a phone call twice a day, with at least one of those being a phone call at the end of the day, just being able to say hi and everything and then tell her if it was a good day or not. Right. Yep. Um, so that was the next thing next on the list is I set my own curfew for my hotel. Um, this hotel has a lot of amenities and I, so every night, um, there were several nights where I went into town. I think I, I think I was out until 10 PM is what I said. I, I am not going to be in my hotel room between the hours of 9 a.m., which is when the conference started and 10 p.m. at night. So once, I'm, I, and once the conference is done, which is usually like at 4 in the afternoon, I've got six hours to kill and I don't go back to the room. So there were days on that trip where I took my swimsuit with me and a towel in my backpack. Was it convenient? No. Did it look weird to people? Yes. But I went swimming right after we were done. Another day I went into town for those six hours and kind of just dinked around. Another day, I, there were two days of the conference. I remember where the hotel staff, I think they didn't know I was staying there and probably wondered if I was a legit guest because I sat in their lobby on my laptop for like four hours at a shot, um, (laughs) working on my laptop or, or whatever. And that was because why I didn't have anywhere else to go, but I wasn't going upstairs to my room. So I sat in that crop, crappy lobby sat on that crappy lobby couch, right? for a while, and and it was uncomfortable and inconvenient, but yeah,
1: and and yeah. and the reason the room is for only one thing—to go yep. to
0: sleep. Exactly, that's, that's why I'm it. there. Sleep, get ready for it in the morning, and get up and go. That's right. So I did that. Um, let me think what else happened. I also went prepared on that trip with knowing that I needed to have some healthy outlets. Obviously, a TV in a, in for in a room for many addicts is a death sentence. So I took some money and some energy to, uh, I took a bunch of my, at the time, this is dating me, and now we have Netflix and stuff. But at the time, I took a bunch of my old DVDs of Star Trek movies, other clean stuff. I ripped them onto my hard drive. It took me a long time. And I had those all uploaded on my laptop before I left. So I had a whole library of stuff. If I wanted to watch something, I, had a whole, I didn't even have to think about, oh, what am I going to watch? Open the door to something negative, right? I just had a whole library of stuff I could access that was all clean, good stuff that wasn't triggering and it was ready to go. Yeah. Love it. um, That was another example. No internet in my room. Uh, I wasn't to log on to the internet on my laptop for any reason. The only time I was using the internet at the hotel was if I was in the conference. Uh, So that was another rule. Um, And yeah, that, so that, that would be essentially, so every, so I, I essentially set it up that where I was never in the room, unless I had a purpose. And I, was, I wasn't going more than about two hours at a time before I wasn't tag teaming with somebody, my wife, my daily renewal partner, somebody in recovery, that constant contact, right, was absolutely critical. And then I also delegated, I think it was an hour a day to something recovery oriented. It was, you know, step study or something like that.
1: Right. Love that. So there's, a, there's an example of a solo, a solo travel plan. Yep. Right. You, you look at all of your areas of vulnerability. You look at your history. And you put proactive things in place to counter that at every, at every step. Right. Mm -hmm. I love what you said, Steve. The purpose of this trip is not the business, the convention, the CE credit. The purpose of this trip is to be sober when I come back. Yep. That is this trip's purpose.
0: And I, and I had to envision that, you know, I, I pictured it. I laid it out in my mind. You know, we talk about creative vision oftentimes on the podcast. I envision being able to walk through the door and for the first time ever come back from a week long business trip look my wife in the eye and not lie and be able to say it was a great week.
1: Mm, I love that. And I
0: pictured her wrapping her arms around <laughs> me. And I pictured just how that whole experience would be. That was kind of the vision. You know, I'm living for Saturday when I fly home. That's what I'm here doing. Love you that. Know? Love that.
1: Well, we, uh, we're, we're going to wrap up. The other part of this uh, that we haven't addressed much is, is couple travel. Yeah, And for us as guys in recovery, the same thing applies. You look at all the various parts of that travel or trip or vacation or holiday time as a couple and where have been the places where things fall down in the past. And so I I, on this podcast talked about, you know, the plan that I present to my wife prior to us having a vacation at the beach Mm -hmm. and letting her know that I in advance have thought about and looked at all the various vulnerable places where it's not safe. And I share with her my plan for what's going to happen in those situations. And then very importantly, I follow through when the time comes. I also ask her for her input. Hey, what do you think about what I've just presented as the plan to, you know, to be safe in that environment? Do you have anything you'd like to add? Do you have any questions for me? Is there something that I've missed? Um, have you noticed that something on this, uh, th- this plan that I've shared isn't realistic because I don't end up being able to do it? Yeah, inviting her to speak her truth and to be authentic and transparent with me as I'm sharing that plan, right? But you notice I'm leading out with that vacation or trip or holiday coming up with my partner. I'm the one offering up the plan. I'm the one presenting it. I'm the one leading the charge. As you've said, Steve, I'm the one out in front of the jungle with my machete, right? Right. Chopping away at the, at the stuff that's in our way. Yeah, right. this, this leading out, following through, and actually implementing, actually doing, not just talking a good game, but actually doing it, and always, uh, always having that plan that we're offering up if we're going to go do something coupleship wise, even totally. if it's just a family party, right? For sure, we have a plan for that as well, right? What, what What's your capacity today? What's my capacity? What are What will be some telltale signs that maybe we're 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 getting in a place where it's not healthy? And can we signal to each other that maybe it's time to go? And give. I have a couple I just met with
0: just the other day. They've got a uh, safety phrase worked out. Uh, They're going into a really triggering holiday with with her in laws. Mm. It's a highly anxiety inducing situation, and on top of all the other stress that's going on, uh, she's been really worried about it. And so that's what they. So they we talked about it in therapy just the other day. They have an understanding. That if either she says that phrase or while they're sitting together on, you know, at dinner, if she squeezes his hand three times, that's going to be her signal that says she needs to excuse herself and he's going to have her back on it.
1: I mm, love that. You know what I mean? Yep.
0: Um, yep. And so there's so many ways to do that, Mark. I love your, your where you talk about, you know, when you do share about your trips to the beach. I just love so much when Mark will talk about how when he's on the beach, he'll focus on like the sand between his toes. So he uses like grounding stimuli to, to be able to focus on that. He uh, holds his wife's hand really tight while they're at the beach. Right. It's something similar to the same couple that I was just telling you about. She, it's really scared. She feels physically unsafe in some ways around her in-laws. It's a scary thing for her. And so he made a commitment in our last session. He was going to make sure that he sat next to her, whatever activities they were doing with the family. There wasn't going to be a situation where she kind of got cornered, you know, on the other side of the room without him there. Yeah. Right? Those kinds of things, right? They go a they go such a long way, guys, and here's the thing. They go a long way for two reasons. One because of the thing that you're doing, but I hope you're seeing that there's just so much power in just the planning of this. Think about the healing you're doing you addicts for your partner when you have these conversations. You say, "Look, you need to stay safe." You need to have a good trip. I'm sorry you've had so many crappy ones in the past. What can we do to make this good for you? I've got your back. I'm prepared to do whatever I need to do. Here are my five ideas of what I'm thinking. Partner up with me. What do
1: you think? Yeah.
0: That's huge. That's, That's huge. such a win. That's right? the
1: message that that sends. Whereas in the past, we were so passive and we waited, for, we waited for her to be the one that reminded us or took all the steps that were needed. Now we're leading out. Yeah. Message that that sends is, you know, I care about you. I care about us. I'm taking this recovery seriously. I'm not going to go into that same old environment and have the same outcome outcome happen again. Right? This is turning out different, and here's why. I love absolutely love that. Well, we hope uh, we hope this has been helpful. We want to wish all of you wherever you are in the world uh, uh, really awesome family time, together time, relaxation, renewal time in this time of the year. Uh, and we hope that you'll find take some of these things in hand and really start to implement them with all of your travel and vacation and holidays and and every other part of this and, uh, and have a different outcome this year than you did last. Yeah. You need a win. You do. That's, that's what
0: I told this client the other day. You guys need a win. Mm. You need a win. Whether you're doing this individually, guys, on your own, or whether you're doing this as a couple, you, your relationship. You deserve this kind of a win. Draw your line in the sand, do what's necessary and make this the top priority and prove to yourself and to your partner that you can do this. I love it. I so. love
1: it. Yep. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning in with us. Uh if you've got questions you want to send through it and through to us for future podcasts, go to pbscpodcast.com. And of course, as always, we would love, love, love to see you come over and join us at Dare to Connect. Uh, where we're we, with our people, you know, five times a week. Uh, we would love to have you come over there and you can find out more at dare dot connectnowcom and take advantage of our free two-week trial. And uh, we'll catch you next time on PBSE. Have a great week, everybody.
0: Everything expressed on the PBSE podcast are the opinions of the hosts and the participants and is for informational and educational purposes only. This podcast should not be considered mental health therapy or as a substitute thereof. It is strongly recommended that you seek out the clinical guidance of an individual qualified mental health professional. If you're experiencing thoughts of suicide, self harm, or a desire to harm others, please dial 911 or go to your nearest emergency room.